Welcome back to Petals and Thorns. I'm X. And I'm O. And wow, what a week. Yeah. <laughs> you have to know what we're talking about unless you've just really been, been living under a rock. Um, a lot going on in Bachelor Nation that reflects our world, honestly. And mm -hmm. it's actually kind of uh, interesting because we've been doing, this is what, our seventh podcast now? Yeah. And we've kind of, it's been kind of recap focused. Um, but we started this, in fact, long before we started the podcast, we had talked about doing something Bachelor related. Yeah. Um, because we have fun watching the show, but because it also sparks so many conversations between us uh, related to topics that are important to us and, you know, like racism, like their lack of diversity, mm -hmm. like sexism in the franchise, like, you know, the changes, the problems within the franchise and around it and within it and the, the changes that need to be made. And the changes that are being made now, yeah. but what, you know, how much it still needs, how much more work they need. Yeah. It's a long way to go still. There's a long way to go. Very long way to go. Clearly. Um, we've talked about how Matt James being selected as the bachelor was like a knee jerk reaction to mm -hmm. the murder of, of George Floyd. Yeah. And it was the right response, but again, a knee-jerk reaction way too many years late. Um, and now we realize, yeah, it sure was a Band-Aid because look how the face of the show is talking. Yeah, the, the problems run deeper than just who's on screen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so really, so, you know, <laughs> this actually has brought us back to focusing on what we actually want to talk about versus yeah, just true. recapping in yeah. detail how what happens every show we'll still recap here you know and talk about what goes on in the show but uh what we most care about is is talking about the things that matter things with substance like we've mentioned before um and you know and and, and doing what little we can do to bring awareness yeah yeah, continue the dialogue. Mm -hmm. um, we obviously have a different perspective. You know, we all have different perspectives on why and how we engage with the show. But my perspective was always one that I wanted to engage on it on a deeper, you know, uh, sociological level. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, we, we turn off our brains and we watch this and we enjoy the drama or the love story. But through all that, there's so much that kind of goes either unnoticed or or ignored and and i you know i i always said when we when we like you said like you mentioned we were talking about starting some bachelor related project uh last year mm -hmm. i kind of had the, the the conditions and the the caveats of like yeah we'll do it but i have to engage on it on a more big brain uh, mm -hmm, sociological yeah. level otherwise i'm just not interested and wouldn't you know it you know about almost you know, almost a year later after we first talked about, you know, starting some bachelor project, 
now we're faced with having to engage with it on mm -hmm. that level, which yeah. uh, it's not a pleasant way to engage with it. It's not a fun way to engage with it, but it is extremely necessary mm -hmm. as, you know, TV and, and film and, uh, you know, entertainment tends to inform the larger understanding of culture and demographics and stereotypes or you know what have you any sort of social engagement out in the world is largely informed by what's on our screens mm -hmm. yeah and you know i've been watching the show since i was a kid really um with my mom my parents would watch it or my mom would watch it i don't even remember anymore um and then I went a long time without watching it. And then, then I got hooked on it again because of her. And it was, for me, it was more of a bonding yeah. thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, did you see what happened? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. But it's, it's fun to to have something to engage with when it comes to, like, like, like you said, family. Or, mm -hmm. you know, we watch it. You know, we're engaged. So it's... it's, it's we we it's something to talk about and it's fun to talk about but yeah. yeah but i you know in the past i didn't analyze it right at right really you know like in in the in in the sense of their lack of diversity or sexism or anything related to that i you know maybe i would it would spark conversations on how to be in a relationship or how to how to communicate and things like that but um, not the things that we're talking about today until the past few years, um, probably at some point watching it by myself, I started to analyze it. last four, almost five years, actually, is when I started to notice the problems a little more, yeah. um, you know, and sometimes I would watch it with other people who would make comments that bothered me. And I and that's where I started to pay a little more attention yeah. to everything that's wrong with the franchise the right. show and the franchise as a whole um so here we are um a week after the interview between chris harrison and rachel Lindsay. um a lot has happened since even we recorded our last episode yeah and we were we actually went while we were recording is when it all blew up on social media, I think. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we watched the interview, um, which kind of like sparked a good jumping off point from for our past episode because we mm -hmm. decided, okay, this is going to be, you know, this is a bigger thing than it is right now. And as mm -hmm. we were recording it, it was already like getting a more much larger profile online. Yeah, so we watched it Um and then we recorded and then after we saw all the backlash, like I, I knew it was bad and I knew it was a big deal and yeah. I wanted to help make it a big deal, but mm -hmm. I didn't even know that it would get to the yeah, not point that it did. And I'm glad it did though, because yes. he's being held accountable. Pleasantly um, surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, so since then, he, Chris Harrison has issued two apologies uh, written in social media apologies, just like a text image. Um, you know, it was the first apology was, I don't want to even say fine because at first when I read it, it's fine, but you can tell that it's kind of probably not even written by him. Right. Very PR. It's very crafted, buzzwords, very media very crafted. friendly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like, kind of saying all the right things 
in in the apology but but it, you can tell that it's not really genuine mm-hmm. um and as we heard Rachel Lindsay say after all that um I've watched so much I've I've been following this so much that I've lost track of where mm-hmm. I saw who say what yeah, yeah but um somewhere Rachel Lindsay said you know in a couple of different places actually she said um that as far as you know his apology um she oh I know she said this on extra um as one of the places that she doesn't f- isn't sure how to take it yet and that she's going to need the grace and compassion that he was referring mm-hmm. you know that he mentioned yep. we should give to Rachel Kirk I don't know if it's Kirkconnell or Kirkconnell because <laughs> I've heard both but anyway um so the the grace and compassion that he wanted us all to extend to Rachel Kirkconnell she's going to need that um grace and compassion because she's going to need time to um process his apology and also see what he actually does moving forward. See if he actually lives up to the words that he stated in that apology. And, um, you know, and I I don't blame her one bit. So as far as his apology goes, uh, you know, the first one, again, it was, first of all, it didn't, it only came once he got the backlash. Mm -hmm. If, if social media hadn't blown up, about that interview the way it did Rachel Lindsay never would have seen an apology from him and we you know and the black community in general wouldn't have seen at least not publicly at least not publicly um but it's but she said that they spoke right after or soon after that interview and Mm -hmm. he was happy with it (laughs) I think that went great (laughs) yeah no he really he said she said that he said um you know I'm glad that we can have these conversations and not necessarily agree but you know, you know, have a, it's like he thought it was a productive conversation. He did not see anything wrong with it. He didn't realize or care to realize how condescending he was, how he talked over her, how he interrupted her, how yep. he did not give her any space to um, to, to speak on her perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he disrespectfully said, who the hell are you? Yeah. To Rachel, Rachel Lindsay, yep. the in my and I'm and now I'm I'm kind of repeating her husband because in in uh the his podcast with Mike Johnson, mm-hmm. he said my my precise sentiments. Who the hell is Rachel Lindsay? She's a strong black woman mm-hmm. who you know is part of the community that this has offended. Yeah, and she's the best thing to happen to bat to Bachelor Nation, and yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, she, she really has been a trailblazer, um, for the people of color who have come after her and, and she's, she's done so much for the Bachelor franchise and gotten so little back from them. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so then he's issued a second apology and, and it was a little more, you know, it was, it was, there was a slight improvement, but then he also mentioned how he's stepping aside. Mm-hmm. What that means, we don't know because he said temper. It's temporary. Yeah, as of right now, it only means the um after the final rose. Right. Yeah, he said he won't be at the after the final rose. Um, we don't know who will take his place for that. We don't know if he'll be back for the next season of, I I guess a Bachelorette might come next. Yeah. But as far as you know, 
what steps are actually being taken behind the scenes, we don't know. Rachel Kirkconnell said, uh, finally put out a statement the day after this whole thing with Chris Harrison. A good apology, also written though. You know, I'd like to see their faces yeah. when they're apologizing. Yep. I'd like to hear the voices and see their faces because that's how you can see if someone's being genuine or not. I agree. Um, but whatever. Nonetheless, um, the what she wrote was good. Way too late. Yeah. Way too late. Yeah. And also, you know, it's an apology. It's a step. Right. It's not it's yeah. the first step in, in a in a long uh, commitment now that she has to make to right. exactly. unlearning and learning and taking actions that, you know, will especially with the platform she'll have now that she has now. Yeah. Um, so that she can help other people yeah. learn to not be to not do the things she did. Yeah, and that's that's the that's something that Rachel has said that I Rachel really Lindsay. Uh, Rachel Lindsay has said that I fully agree with is that an apology is great, mm -hmm. uh, but it's only a step. It's a tiny step. The hard work starts now. Like the 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 real work starts now. The real education, the real platforming of the right ideas, and when you have a uh, a Chris Harrison like because with Rachel. She's young. She doesn't have the uh, racial Kirkconnell. She doesn't have the same platform that Chris has. She doesn't have the same net worth that Chris has or the same age. She's at an age and, and at a position that she could have some real growth from this, mm -hmm. some real education. And and I'm sure she'll take some steps. But that's, that's something that Rachel said that I agree with this. Let's see. Let's see the growth. Mm -hmm. Let's see how you follow through on this, especially for Chris. Chris is a millionaire. He doesn't need to be uh, doing any shows at this point. If he wants to retire, he'll retire. He'll fade into obscurity and, you know, no accountability. But a, a part of accountability is not just to cancel you, quote unquote, is to show you that there, that there is an education to be made and, and to hopefully uh, invite you into the path to progress as a larger culture. Mm -hmm. So that's it. it it's. I appreciate an apology, but honestly, I need, like Rachel, I need to see it. I need to see where you go from here. Yeah. Like, like uh, do you want to accept that? But that, let's see what's, what happens after this. Yeah. And as far as cancel culture goes, you know, it's, it's really, we're not even trying to necessarily cancel. Well, a lot of people are, but when it's not yeah, about yeah. canceling someone, it's about facing consequences so that you know that there are repercussions to in this in, in our society yeah. we would hope for racist behavior mm -hmm. um you know and normal people will lose their jobs in a heartbeat over yeah over less over things that are way less yeah smaller bad. things yeah. yeah um so so you know that's part of accountability and then but of course whether he loses her his job or not um, the whole point here is that we need to see change in within him and within the entire franchise. Yeah. Up and down the ladder. Yep. I mean, it's not just about casting more diverse, a, a more diverse cast. It's also about 
having more diversity in your production team and your executives and yep. your casting um, directors. Yeah, the the, the, the decision makers need mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. more diverse, and uh, the people in cho- in charge of highlighting these yeah cast member stories. Correct. Like it's not just the producers on set. It's not just a Chris Harrison. It's also who's in the edit bay, who's making the decisions to cut where you where you're cutting mm-hmm. and to editors, yeah. and to making people disappear in these edits, like people that probably are more compelling or interesting or you know uh, just that deserve to be seen and heard are just disappearing in your edits because you're pursuing a mm-hmm. half an hour segment with Heather. You know, it's- you have data on this, right? As far as because um, we've and we've definitely seen on Instagram a page with um, yeah. with the statistics, how you know this is the most diverse cast ever, yeah. but those minorities are not getting as much screen time as the white women. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, and that's that's kind of like the the concern is. Last year, uh, moving into in, in the midst of all the Black Lives Matter protests, and uh, eventually we're finding that Tasha is cast as the lead in The Bachelorette. Uh, I believe it was the producers, as a like the production itself, came out in a statement saying like we are making an effort to cast a a more diverse set of contestants and and crew and all that. And right now, a big thing is that that's cool that you you get to look at your uh your logs and say okay this person is this ethnicity or that ethnicity but it doesn't matter because we're not seeing them it's mm-hmm. it's still the overwhelming majority of the screen time is still allocated to your white cast members mm-hmm. so you can cast an entirely you know diverse audience but it doesn't matter when over 50 60 percent of your screen time is still devoted to your white crew members your white cast members uh, excuse me um but yes uh the page bachelor data on instagram they've been compiling a really thorough and 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 substantial set of data for at least you know i've only been looking at it this season but usually uh two or three days after the episode airs they already have the data up and you can see that uh, they track how many people how many followers they gain each contestant or the lead or whoever but it also tracks how much they're on screen and it's been a consistent thing that even though you cast 57 percent of your cast was uh people of color excuse me like over 60 percent was people of color the over 50 percent of your screen time is still devoted to your your white cast mm-hmm. and that's been a consistent thing even as we get less and less contestants more and more eliminations happen you still have your racials you still have your you know, heather this past um episode had over 20 minutes of screen time and just she her was, and she was gone before the rose ceremony at the she, very beginning she was of the gone before the before almost before the first uh commercial break yeah you know but you still have your you know katie last week you have your you know rachel kirkonnell you have kit it, it just you can just go down the list and how much um more screen time these women get mm-hmm. and yeah it's just it's that hypocrisy that's s- sort of a bigger issue and why i say that 
this problem runs deeper than just a Chris Harrison. It runs into the producers on set. It runs into the editors. It mm -hmm. runs into the... Um, because you have thousands of hours of footage, but what are we seeing? It's just the same old shit with the same old people. And it's it's just concerning. It's it's disturbing. Like this and my 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 bigger thing here is that like I said, like we want Chris's head on a uh, on a pike. Like we we know this. We want his head to roll. That's great. And I fully agree with it. Let's change shit up. Like he's grown with this franchise and the franchise largely reflects his point of view as we now know but this problem goes larger than him it goes mm -hmm. higher than him what's mike fleiss's take on this like mike fleiss i don't believe has gone on record saying anything related to they've this been whole real thing quiet. the entire like they've so chris harrison put out an, uh, an apology statement or two rachel kirkconnell put out her apology statement where is bachelor as a franchise where is abc where is disney like mm -hmm. where are the the people above them who are really in charge right where are they there they should be giving mm -hmm. statements they should be saying we don't stand for this we're taking care of it we're looking further blah 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 whatever like they are so silent yeah and their silent silence as we know is complicity yeah and that's yeah, um, and that's that's my thing. Like when we when we're talking about when we're gonna we're gonna talk about in a little bit of like how the show moves so forward. But you know, my whole thing is uh, just how high this, how loud does the conversation need to get, and how high do we as an audience need to aim to see real change? Because Chris Harrison is the face of the franchise; he does not run the show. Mike right. Mike Fleiss runs that show. Mm -hmm. ABC. Uh, um, distributes that show warner brothers produces that show disney owns abc how high do we need to go mm -hmm. and aim to see real change i have the 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 statement from the executive producers whoever those people are from june 12 2020 and it says we acknowledge our responsibility for the lack of representation of people of color on our franchise and pledge to make significant changes to address this issue moving forward we are taking positive steps to expand diversity in our cast, in our staff, and most importantly, in the relationships we show on television. We can and will do better to reflect the world around us and show all of its beautiful love stories. This is now, who, when, and where? This is uh, a collective of executive producers of The Bachelor last year, June 12, 2020. This is before okay. we see Claire and Tasha. When season. they announced Matt or... Uh, I believe it was around that time. I, it around must have been time. maybe like a week later that okay. they announced Matt. And what? It, where was this on Instagram? This is I forget where they put this out, but I'm seeing it on Instagram. And, okay. And, and it, this has been resurfacing because now mm -hmm. you know because like, of this whole conversation. Naturally, mm -hmm. uh, the the larger counterpoint now now is like yeah, you you're talking the talk, but are you walking it? You know. And now a page like Bachelor Data tells you that that commitment was only as deep as their words were you know it, it did not run up the chain and through the production line the way it should have mm -hmm. you're casting more diverse people sure you might be casting more diverse staff but it doesn't matter because the decision makers refuse on the on the point of diversity and and visibility to those people that are underserved those um demographics that are underserved on tv 
Mm-hmm. Apparently, they hired a diversity um, consultant, diversity coach. What I don't know what they call it, but I don't know what they if it's just a title of someone who hangs out around mm-hmm. set or if they're actually using them at all. Um, Rachel Lindsay mentioned, you know, that they hired that after her. And I think Tasha said that she was the first lead to have the diversity consultant. Um, and Rachel Lindsay was like, did, was, wasn't there a, a Rachel, uh, um, what was it? A racial sensitivity class or cult, uh, diversity class. Or something. Yeah, something. Where like was that. Chris Harrison? Did he skip? Did he skip that day? Or <laughs> yeah. you know? And so it makes me wonder what what are they actually doing? Um, you know, even if they hire people with certain titles, are are they using them properly? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that just it's unrelated uh, franchise wise, but I remember I think last year there was this kind of a big story in tech where Google, I believe hired a diversity uh like an inclusion uh member and her job i'm saying her might be them um was to seek out and hire diverse talent and i'm talking diversity as far as ethnicity as far as uh gender identity and all of that what happens this person speaks out and says I have this job title. I have this job that I have to do. They're not letting me do it. Mm -hmm. And Google ends up firing this person and replaces their black female diversity person in charge. They've replaced her with a white woman. It's (laughs) so it's, 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 it's this whole, it's this larger, like, so we're talking about the bachelor, but we are saying that these issues are larger are bigger than this show. Mm -hmm. And it's, seen in almost every industry out there which is why when chris harrison says something like it's not the job of this show to respond to every little thing that Mm -hmm. happens yeah okay not every little thing but this is not a little thing yeah you do have the responsibility you as the face of the show as a you know as an icon in reality television yeah and the show itself as a freaking dinosaur and mega giant <laughs> yeah. of a TV show that's been around for with what is forever for a TV show, especially reality. Mm-hmm. They've been pretty much been around since the beginning of reality TV. Um, it is, it is your responsibility to stand up against all of this, to do a better job with background checks and, and not, not cast people like this especially for your first bachelor Mm -hmm. but if you do if someone if people slip through cracks no one's perfect so you know you people's uh mistakes will come up you know the to call this a mistake is you know undermining it but (laughs) but in general you know with in other cases you know people might have had bigger mistakes and big mistakes in their past that'll come up okay so it is your responsibility though to address these things for regarding the people that you cast and and speak out against them and and help everyone learn because a lot of the people who watch this show still don't see anything wrong yeah. with what Chris did, did in defending Rachel. Yep, which we'll get into. And with what Rachel did. Yeah. You know, Rachel comes from 
Forsyth County, a, I don't know, the, I think coming, I think coming, coming Georgia, Georgia. Yeah. coming Georgia is the name of the town. Forsyth County is, you know, they, they tend to say what County they live in, in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, Forsyth County has a history of racism and specifically coming Georgia was known as something called a sundown town, something I'd never heard of before. Yeah, I'd, I'd never heard of that. Uh, I credit the podcast Crime and Roses. Uh, go check out their episode on um, Forsyth County, Crime and Roses. Um, they talk about true crime as well as The Bachelor. And this particular episode, they talked about the history of Forsyth County and how it's a sundown town. A sundown town is a town where um, basically black people or non-white people, because it included Jewish people, mm-hmm. um, are not allowed after sundown because they have it in their heads that they're up to no good after <laughs> the sun goes down. Right. So basically if you, if you're caught, if you're not white and Christian and you're caught in their town after sundown, you're lynched. And they um, had an expulsion of all their black residents in, I believe it was 1912. And they didn't have a single black resident for about 75 years or at least 75 years. And there's a whole really interesting history here that, again, I recommend you listen to their podcast for more information on, on that history of that county. But it just goes to show... Um, a couple of things because one, it explains why, how Rachel Kirkconnell is the way she is or was the way she was. And, and yeah, there's certain things that are normalized. And I'm saying not explains as in justifies, it just explains, you know, like we do need to recognize that there still are people who grow up in an environment that. They're so conditioned mm-hmm. to think a certain way and be a certain way and and have their traditions and they're they're taught the opposite of what we should all be taught. You yeah. know, I grew up in an environment where I wasn't taught enough on uh black history and you know the the it, everything that we did wrong as a country and how we you know, should be condemning it and moving forward. Like it was so brief. My education was so brief when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. Like it's not until my twenties really that I started learning what I should have learned in grade school. Um, but you know, in a town like Cumming or Forsyth County, uh, they actively, I mean, for forever, they actively made sure that black people were not allowed to live in their town. And then, mm-hmm. Once they were, you know, I don't know. So the the whole thing with this uh, Old South and uh, the Old South party at that antebellum plantation, mm-hmm. um, they that was banned. Yeah. In 2016. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this was a tradition of a fraternity, I think, and then that the sorority was invited to. Mm-hmm. And, but it was banned. Yeah. 
in 2016. This was 2018. So they knew this. Exactly. So it's not like, because again, and not to excuse it, but I can see how you want to join a sorority and you know, they have their, their traditions and whatever. You just kind of, kind of go with the flow or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you maybe realize, hopefully in retrospect, you realize, Oh, that was pretty bad and insensitive. Yeah. But it's more than that. They actively went to this knowing that it was banned and knowing that it was wrong. Yeah. Because that's why it was banned, because of how insensitive it was. Right. How how this is not something you should be celebrating. Exactly. You're celebrating slavery. You're celebrating a time where so like Rich, Rachel Lindsay said in that interview, what would I represent there? Chris exactly. Harrison did not hear it at all. No. What would I represent there? If he had stopped for a minute and actually li- minute and actually listened, he would have thought, Oh, yeah. Yeah. You would have if, if been an this, this whole thing, like Chris could have thought what he thought and all that. But if he took a second to step back and hear and mm-hmm. listen mm-hmm. to not just what Rachel Lindsay was saying, but also just what he was saying, like, just take a moment before you, you know, you firmly plant your foot, your foot yeah. in your mouth. This, you know, because you it's it's the problem there is a problem and an issue that chris felt this was his appropriate default response that is an issue but he could have those thoughts and those opinions and still had the conversation with rachel had the productive conversation that he thought he was having like have an actual productive conversation that it this could have been this is right now a teachable moment for Chris, mm-hmm. but this could have been a teachable conversation right then and there. He could have just said, okay, yeah. what am I missing here? Yeah. Tell me what I'm missing. Yeah. Because that is how this conversation starts. A lot of, a lot of, um, you know, uh, 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 white people, they, they're, they, even the ones that mean well, sometimes say the wrong things, sometimes mm-hmm. see the wrong things. And it's on them to, ask and reach out and and educate themselves uh daniel kaluuya um who starred in judas and the black messiah playing uh fred hampton had this interview with um actually rachel Lindsay and and van lathan and they asked him about this whole con- uh controversy a few years ago uh, at the time that he was cast in uh i believe get out and they asked him about the issue of racism and how he feels about the issue of racism, what his experience has been, and why racism is a thing. And at the time, he said, you know, I I love black people. I don't know why me playing a black man, even because he's British, why me playing an American black man is an issue. We're black. And people took that the wrong way. Anyway, long story short is he gave this really fantastic example of a story that I will not, you know, retell here, but the the gist of it is why are we asking black people to inform and educate and 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 forgive white ignorance or racism when in reality this falls completely in the shoulders on the shoulders of white people, people like Chris. Mm-hmm. Chris should not have to talk to Rachel and ask her why she's so mad about the lack of diversity. Mm-hmm. He should internalize and ask himself that. He should ask Mike Fleiss. He should ask his own circle 
what exactly is the problem? What can we do about it? Because there's nothing wrong with not knowing the issue. What wrong, what's wrong is you thinking you're right when you're missing an entire half of that conversation in your head. It blows my mind how he said everything he said with so much passion and conviction. Confidence. And confidence. Yeah. And, um, you know, without considering without taking a moment and it also it, it just first of all it shocks me because there's so many levels to this it shocks me because he's been doing this for so long mm-hmm. and he's so he's so trained and how <laughs> yeah. like how did clearly this has been bottling up inside of him he's yeah and he's he just, just came out he snapped like, the fuck out of whatever training he had and, yeah and woof, and his true personal opinions and feelings came out in that moment yeah. and um which is why like i believe that he should be replaced not uh, he he has an opportunity now to become a better person. Yeah. He has an opportunity to learn so much and use the resources he has and all the people, the team and, uh, and all the people around him um, and all of the, all of the former um, contestants and leads yeah. who considered him a friend and maybe still do. And they're very disappointed in him, but, you know, there's so many people around him that will help him to yeah. grow yeah. from this. However, I believe the right thing to do is to replace him at this time. You mentioned earlier, you know, this franchise has been, it's been going on for a long time. It's been over 20 years now. And when you are the, the, the leading brand in this whole thing, you're the godfather of modern reality TV. You have two paths that you can take. You can either continue to innovate and inform and further the social makeup of your show to reflect the social makeup of the country, or you can be, like you said, the dinosaur and and refuse to evolve. And they've refused to evolve for too long. And right now, it's this bit of a standoff between excuse me, at least the online audience and the show itself. Because if you go to the data, the show has not suffered anything so far from this whole controversy. Uh, Monday's show had the same exact numbers as the show before that, as the show before that, the show before mm-hmm. that. But online, this conversation will get louder. It'll, it will yeah. get bigger. And the longer it remains without the accountability that is necessary and the changes that are necessary. We have long progressed past the need for the bachelor as a, as a culture, they can choose to grow with us and move forward with us or get left behind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you mentioned like you, you watched it with your mom when you were growing up and, and that's largely reflected on the demographics right now. The demographics are majority uh, 45 50 and up and i think that just tells you that these are the same people that are watching today are the same people that have been watching this whole entire time so you can keep that audience cool but at some point you will get left behind mm-hmm. i do believe that either you fire chris harrison get him out of there show some real change 
from top to bottom in that whole production, from your executives down to your contestants, down to your set producers, everyone. And sh and show that you're willing to grow with us, grow with the times. You're part of ABC. You're part of Disney. Like you're part of a corporation that, for the most part, even clumsily attempts to reflect real change in their product, but you have refused to do so for too long. So now it's it's a conversation is it gets a lot simpler. Either you fire Chris Harrison, spice shit up, you know, let's change this this show up to reflect your your growing audience, or you get left behind and we move forward and you know, good luck to you. Hmm. Okay. Who would you want to see replace at at least at the after the let's start with after the final rose. Um, but potentially moving forward, who would you want to see replace uh Chris um, Well we, we we spoke about this and um you know the more I think about it, the more I wonder, do we want um someone from Bachelor Nation in there in that mm -hmm. position? And we spoke and, and I made the suggestion of let's not have one person let's have two people mm -hmm. in there and i think that would provide a really interesting dynamic for not just how the show is made but how people perceive it you have a variety of perspectives and and having a male co-host with a female co-host preferably people of color um would provide an interesting dynamic now when we talked i you know we talked about Tasha, um which I think would be an okay choice to start with, at least for the after the final rose. Mm -hmm. Mainly because she's still fresh. She's fresh in our heads. You know, you don't have to pluck someone out from obscurity like like Claire. Like when her season was announced, <laughs> you're like, Claire? I, I, I had no idea who she yeah. was. Um, I actually only really knew who she was because of, because of Winter Games because I don't think oh, I saw okay. Juan Pablo season even though I knew about it. So I yeah. vaguely knew who she was. But so, so I think it's I yeah. think it's smart to get someone that's recent and yeah. your highest profile recent personality is Tasha, mm -hmm. who is mind you in a very successful relationship right now with mm -hmm. uh, Sack Clark. Mm -hmm. So what better way to replace your problematic host? Then with a beautiful, strong, uh, black Mexican woman who is your only success story as of late mm -hmm. when it comes to your show. Yeah. What better way to move forward than with your most recent success and someone who, as far as I can see, is widely loved, beloved yeah. by everyone. And someone who has a perspective that a white male does not. Yeah. And that's, and that's really what it comes down, at least for the after the final rose. I could see Taisha in there and I'd be totally yeah. okay with it. I like Taisha. Mm -hmm. Moving forward, I do think they should have co-hosts. Mm -hmm. I think that would provide some really interesting dynamics for the show, for yeah. the leads, for the contestants. Yeah. So what about you? So wait, so who would you want as the male? I don't know yet. I like Mike Johnson in there. Yes. I, I feel like they owe him that. Yeah. <laughs> they owe him that much. That would be exactly. That would be a little bit of uh, making up to him. He should have been the bachelor. He should have been the first black bachelor. And, and, and he's um, great on camera. Mm -hmm. He loves to smile. He has mm -hmm. a great voice for TV. Mm -hmm. And he didn't he just put out a book that is about relationships? I think so. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. Um, that's precisely who I was thinking. Um, I also 
would would like Tasha as far as um I can totally see Tasha hosting the after the final rose and she would do a good job. Yeah. Um I think she is uh I, I heard somewhere that it's her dream job to be a host. Mm. Um I've only heard her podcast clickbait a couple times. I've she heard did debut here there. on a show recently. I forget which one i think she was either on entertainment tonight or extra yeah i think it was entertainment tonight yeah but i didn't see her i I, I didn't see it i saw like a picture or something but apparently she did well you know well good i I, maybe i can try to find that and check it out but because what i have seen of her she has a lot of growing to do i mean i don't think she has any training um in that field as far as hosting maybe but we could see in her season that she l- knows exactly how she looks on camera yes and that's half of in the that job sense, she's a natural and yeah. for a lot in a lot of things she's a natural she lo- she knows how to work camera yes that's that's half of the job the rest mm-hmm. is just being good with words <laughs> yeah well yeah no there is training that that needs to she does need to get some training for for the things that yeah you know. it's it's learnable yeah though. exactly so um i think she'd be great as far as a uh, co-host for the show itself, mm-hmm. moving forward yeah. to replace Chris Harrison permanently. I think that if Tasha is one of the co-hosts, I would want Wells as uh, her co-host because I has, have seen when people are talking about like, oh, who to replace Chris Harrison? And they only suggest individuals. And on that list, I've seen Wells Adams and I've seen Ben Higgins. And I think, I mean, they do a great job in under normal circumstances. Yeah. They, they, especially Wells, in my opinion, he's funnier. He's entertaining. He's a pro at this. He's a, he's as a career before he was ever on the bachelorette. He was a radio host. I think he still is. Um, you know, he'd be good at it, but he is another white male. We need yeah, a not person just that. of color. We need a woman, you know, or both. Yeah. And so, but if we have two and we at least get the female and person of color perspective, perspective out of Tasha, then I would be okay with Wells Adams being a co-host. Yeah, but I do remember Wells being a source of minor controversy at really? some point last year yeah uh because he ha- i i think he has a podcast i'm pretty sure he has a podcast and uh you know apparently you know people asked him or it was suggested that he should comment on for example the black lives matter protests and he avoided it and said that it doesn't fit the vibe of the podcast hmm. take that how you will uh and apparently i believe i read that his co-host is um on adjacent you know oh really so you know he (laughs) he doesn't exactly have the cleanest hands to come into the show um to look into that i could tell you who now that you mentioned uh wells who i i I would watch nick vial yeah uh if because i mean here's the thing as much as i would love to see a pairing of mike johnson and taisha adams as the co-hosts that would be nice people are gonna want and i understand some ethical balance (laughs) (laughs) uh and sure if you need a white dude in there eh, throw nick vial he's one he's someone that i'm familiar with i like him he's weird and you know he's all right he's kind of harmless i'll give you better balance okay 
Becca Kufrin and Mike Johnson. Yeah, I would I would watch that for sure. That makes the most sense to me, actually. Yeah. Because first of all, you have the person of color in Mike Jones in Mike Johnson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's called Mike Jones. Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have the person of color in Mike Johnson, and you have the female in Becca Kufrin. Mm-hmm. Becca Kufrin is a victim of the crap job that the Bachelor uh, franchise has done in vetting contestants. Mm-hmm. In first of all, with Garrett, the person that yeah. she chose in the end and was engaged to for two years. Yep. He posted some very problematic things long before he went on the show. They should have found that. She ended up choosing him. They do not, they disagree fundamentally yeah on feminism or lack thereof yeah and (laughs) racism garrett was just so hardcore blue lives matter and becca just doesn't she doesn't stand for she's a progressive woman feminist again anti-racist like she 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 tried you know, she yeah. tried to stand by him, if you will, yeah. as far as, you know, like she, she not breaking, she did not just lot. breaking up with him when this all came out, but rather, okay, we're going to figure this out. You know, maybe she, she tried to teach him and he just was, it just wasn't working too resistant to, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think that with all of this, um, and her, especially her being a feminist, but also being Rachel Lindsay's co-host. Yeah. And Mike Johnson being Rachel Lindsay's husband's co-host. Yeah. They're very Rachel Lindsay adjacent. And I <laughs> personally would prefer Rachel Lindsay to replace Chris Harrison. I just know that's not going to happen. No, and I don't, and I don't blame her for it I not happening. I, I think once she says, I don't need to be involved in this franchise anymore i believe her and i support her yeah but also you know well first of all she is in the middle of this mess yeah yeah so the fact that this all if she if she got his job as a reaction to all of this it it look it, it just the optics there's it looks a, bad there's, there's an asterisk on it the there's entire an, time this exactly. is there's a stink of uh you know a vindictive spirit to it that mm-hmm. not for nothing Rachel wants nothing to do with it. Exactly. she's not a vindictive person and she knows firsthand how much the you know viewers with that have the the opinions of that that Chris Harrison expressed yeah you know defending racism and whatnot yeah. All of those viewers are going to come at her so hard with all the hatred uh, as to, oh, it was you, you, this was your plan all along to take his job. Yeah. And, oh, you're, you're, you know, trying to do whatever to the, or the friend, you know, like, it's just, yeah. it's just, she doesn't have time for that. She doesn't got energy for that. That's just. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, uh, whether it's racial or not, they do need some diverse faces yes for the franchise um you know uh, there was a survey last year from yougov um the sample i think was like 1200 people i believe which is a pretty decent sample size for something like this and the basic survey was um what the breakdown is on the demographics of viewers of the bachelor Mm 
just the bachelor not necessarily paradise not necessarily the bachelorette but the bachelor main flagship show and that show is 70 at least from this sample size 75 percent white and 71 percent women so uh earlier i mentioned how uh this past episode showed no signs of drop or or increase in viewership i would imagine the viewership will seem about this you know three quarters um white women and i think if abc and and warner brothers and and the producers of the bachelor they have a, a clear decision to make here are you willing to show real change maybe whether some some hits on the way there but overall gaining an entirely new audience for the 21st century for a proper 2021 and moving forward are you willing to take those hits and i think that's that's at the core of this at this conversation because again like i said earlier we want chris harrison removed i support that i stand by that i don't think he's a hateful person but i think he has a lot of growing a lot of learning to do and whether he does it or not I don't care to see it. I just don't care to see him uh, affiliated with the franchise any longer. Um, he is literally the face of a larger systemic issue that this show and a lot of TV and a lot of entertainment has. Yep. So having faces of the franchise that are of color, that are women, uh, that show some real progressive social makeup is necessary. And I think you're going to lose some viewership on the way there. Back when Rachel debuted as the as the Bachelorette, Rachel Lindsay, there was a seventy five percent increase in Black viewership, but there was a twenty percent decrease in White viewership. So you will get you will take some hits on the way there, but White people are not the majority of this country anymore, mm-hmm. and this shows and it, this reflects itself. And just looking at Nielsen rating, Nielsen ratings, and looking at the viewership of all of TV how diverse your viewership actually can be but you're choosing not to engage in that entirely new landscape of uh of uh an an audience yeah and and not only that to me what they decide to do moving forward will be their way of letting us know who they are as people yes you know it is I'm sure there will be whatever decision they come to. I'm sure it won't be unanimous. No, <laughs> but no, there, there's, there, it's kind of a loose, loose situation for them because again, it, this, they stand to lose a lot of viewership just by putting someone else in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, but who they, but what they do, whoever is a part of that franchise, yeah, they're speaking loudly and clearly as to. Yeah. who they are as people and what legacy they want to leave behind because Absolutely. it might be logical to keep things the way they've always been as far as money is concerned and mm-hmm. money always rules in this country. Yep. But how important is that right now mm-hmm. compared to what you're saying and the yeah. legacy you're going to leave behind? Yeah. Yeah. I, who do I, you want to be? Yes. Like what does the next 25 years looks like to you? Mm-hmm. What does the next 50 years look like to you, to you as a franchise? Um, because this is, a, we are, a, a, we're still talking about a relic of a time long past. And we're talking about 
a time where reality TV wasn't what it was, where this type of show did not exist. And this franchise came along and through some controversy and through some scandalous uh, dynamics, went on to make the longest lasting reality TV show that we have right now. But it still largely plays as the same exact show that it did back in season one. Mm -hmm. It's still a largely white, cis, hetero uh, worldview of a show. And uh, that that needs to change. This is you're no longer you're not you're no longer reflecting what's one acceptable socially and two what would the actual people that reach out to your show look like you know this is this is where you either make a clear statement for progress or you get left behind i already said it like i mm-hmm. now i i really want to see a uh bet a uh Telemundo, Netflix, Disney Plus, like suddenly, I don't know if people have, if executives have realized it, but there's a pretty solid opening at dethroning ABC as the Monday Night King. Mm-hmm. And and I I think they either ABC uh, and The Bachelor uh, gets this stuff together and, and shows a clear message of who you are moving forward. Or you will get left behind. You're already an outdated concept. Yep. It's a miracle that 5 million people tuned in Monday night just to watch this show. It's a miracle. And yeah. the fact that so far all you're doing is sending out Chris's scapegoat uh, doesn't sit well with me. I think the reason that the viewership didn't go down is because the people who would want to boycott the show don't format James and for the women of color who are still there, which is the most diverse top four ever. Yeah. 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 And not just that, it's also the reality that this conversation is largely being had online. It's largely being had by people of color, by younger people, not by who their demographics really are, which is majority white, majority older they're not going to have this conversation online. They might hear about it on a headline, Mm -hmm. but they're not looking deeper than that. Right. So, and and that's kind of like what my concern is moving forward is, are they going to see the incentive in changing the show? Exactly. Because so far, if you just go by Monday night, there was no statement coming out from ABC. No, no, no pre-show bump, no, no mid show. Hey, by the way, we know, we're going to talk about it. There's no acknowledgement. As far as the majority of the viewers of The Bachelor are concerned, nothing happened this past week. I completely forgot to mention anything about that. I was so upset Yeah. when I, I mean, we tend to watch the show a little late. We start it late, we end it late. But yeah. I actually ran over to the TV at eight o'clock mm-hmm. and I turned it on and I caught it right like when it was still in commercials before it started. And I was like, I, I just really wanted to see. I was desperate yeah. to see if they were going to um, have a statement at yeah. the beginning. Even just like one of those text statements, mm-hmm. <laughs> just say, stating we denounce racism and yeah. the defense of racism and whatever. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. And that's nothing. And that's that's my that's why I said earlier, how loud do we need to get? How high do we need to mm-hmm. aim? Because as far as ABC is concerned, as far as the viewership is concerned, nothing happened. 
5.5 million people still tuned in same as past monday same same as the monday before that Mm -hmm. nothing happened and i was afraid that would happen because there are so many people who watch the show who are so disconnected from social media and but this was not only on social media it did make segments on mainstream Mm -hmm. news outlets um both entertainment and non like it was even on cnn I, i i saw an article i don't know if it was on tv cnn but um but i know that it was they talked about it briefly on good morning america on extra you know it's not like it's only on social media only on the internet yeah yeah yeah. so but they i i was afraid they would do this they took their chances they're like oh for the people who aren't disconnected we're not going to acknowledge this because to them yeah let's just cringe for a little bit let's see what happens Mm -hmm. oh nothing happened oh okay Okay, we can we can keep it moving but there is a larger uh conversation that is bubbling and that's it's a start you know uh you mentioned cnn i haven't seen it but i think rachel Lindsay had an interview with don lemon on cnn oh really yeah i think oh, it, i think it that. was just last night or this morning or this morning or whenever but okay like it just happened um so i do believe there is a concerted and 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 purposeful campaign to make this conversation louder, to mm-hmm. grow it louder, mm-hmm. to make to aim it higher. Yeah. Because you have to put it out there. You yeah. have to talk to people. You have to if you know someone who watches The Bachelor, talk to them, gauge them, you know, engage them. It, it, every little bit counts. Uh because right now ABC has no reason to change anything. Yeah. And and Chris Harrison stepping aside for just one episode of the bachelor and you know uh, the the after the final rose segment kind of tells me that they're trying to lay low wait for the hype to die down come back around to the bachelorette and there's chris harrison like nothing happened and the thing is and this is something that you know i i only started watching the bachelor with you over the past few years i only knew a little bit of some of the controversies that surrounded the show the last thing i heard was the big controversy in paradise back in 2017 and that was like the only time i even thought about the show so i did the rape allegation yeah with mm-hmm. uh the mario and yeah and corinne yeah yeah and corinne and but that's like the most i heard about it uh about the show the most i cared about it like i didn't really care so i was not aware of how deeply flawed this show is mm-hmm. but in in watching this show in learning more about the 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 contestants and the conversations that are had on screen, off screen, online. This is not new. This is not new. These conversations are not new. And they've completely, they haven't had any incentive to change anything, even though these conversations were being had. So right now, we just got to make it louder, aim it higher, because otherwise we're going to be talking about this same thing in a year or two if we're still watching the show. There is so much, so much to this. There are so many layers and so many things that I, like my mind just went to a million different places too, because as you said that, this is not new. Yeah. And uh, I think it was the Bachelor Diversity Campaign posted Mm -hmm. a Twitter thread. Yeah. And to use Chris Harrison's words (laughs) of seeing this through the lens of of 2020 or 2021 versus the lens of 2018 as if it were so long ago. Yeah. Let's hand you the lens, Chris Harrison, of 2017, Mm. a year before Rachel Kirkconnell attended the Old South party. Yeah. 
Lee, I don't remember his last name, was a, a contestant on Rachel Lindsay's yep. season of The Bachelorette. First, but tell me how familiar this sounds. <laughs> the first black bachelorette had a racist cast on her season. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. The first black bachelorette had a racist cast on her season. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder if it's intentional. Yeah. Racist and sexist. Racist and sexist. Yeah. This, it was not difficult at all to find Mm -hmm. the evidence of how racist and sexist he was. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's just one. There are so many other things that have happened in the past with other racist We'll leave leave some links in the description for the show because there's a lot of really good resources that people could. You know, criminal backgrounds, Mm -hmm. things that are actually on people's criminal records. Yeah. How did they get through? Either they didn't do a good background check or they didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I believe I made that point a couple of episodes ago as in, in the whole thing with racial is the people that do that seek out that do the casting for the show they have a whole background check department Mm -hmm. so either you are aware and chose to still put this in there just to see what happens Mm -hmm. or your background people suck yeah um i think it was dean who uh mentioned recently that when he was going for paradise i believe producers reached out to him and told them, hey, you have a couple of posts from, I believe, 2007 or 2009, where he doesn't say anything inflammatory. It was just a lot of swear words, a lot of curses, and told them, hey, you want to delete this. If, really? If you're going on, ba- on Paradise. So they are out there. They know. That far back. They, they go saw, that they far that. back. They go on. They found a Facebook comment that Dean cursed on <laughs> and told him, hey, you should delete this if you're going on paradise so there is there has to i have to think that there is intention in putting someone like jesus uh, do you remember that uh unreal mm-hmm. like so much of this plays so comically evil and mm-hmm. and and uh inflammatory that you would think it's an episode of unreal because mm-hmm. it was yeah. putting a racist person next to a black person like it's casting a racist girl in the case of the show unreal yeah for the their first black lead yeah yeah and And they and they had and i don't think she knew who the lead was and so they had her like wear a confederate Confederate flag bikini bikini. yeah and and embarrassed and she was embarrassed and whatnot again this is fiction but still but it very much reflects reality it really feels like they just watched unreal and took notes oh i love this show (laughs) it is fiction exactly it's easier to digest when it's fiction when it's real life what the hell are you doing but you know i watched that show Actually, who knows? I I don't remember now, but maybe that's what really opened my eyes to, or maybe my eyes were already starting to open. And then I watched that and I was like, holy shit, this is The Bachelor. Yeah. This is real. This is 
Unreal is real. Unreal is realer <laughs> than The Bachelor. It's yes. like, yeah, it is a, a fiction, a fictional show, but it's based on real yeah. life and, and it's pretty accurate based more on what more, I have read. And more and more we're learning that it that is that is that it is how how yeah. The Bachelor and The Bachelorette works. Uh, you showed me that TikTok of um I forget her name, I'm sorry. Uh the contestant in Jake such and such as season and how they coaxed her into crying on camera yeah. on night one. Jake the pilot. I don't remember her name either because she exactly she went home on night one. Yeah. And she um basically she said that uh in in the whole casting process, which is mm-hmm. several months, yeah, she's communicating with her producer every day. Yeah. for several months yeah so she starts to see this person as a friend as a confidant yeah so she opened up to her him i don't remember if it was a, f- a female or male her producer she opened up to her producer in ways that she never did with anyone else thinking it was safe to yeah. say these things yeah when she was eliminated night one and she was and she says that everyone has to do an interview uh, you know, has to talk to the camera when they're eliminated, no matter what, whether it gets aired or not is up to the producers, but everyone does an exit interview. And yeah. she, they asked her, you know, basically how, how do you feel? And she said, well, it's, it wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. And they kept insisting and she kept saying the same thing basically. And they did not like it. So when she wouldn't budge on the whole, it just wasn't meant to be, you know, I'll, I'll be fine type of thing. Yeah, she didn't have any TV worthy reactions. Exactly. Yeah. They brought out the their big guns with mm-hmm. the secrets, the, the, the things that she confided in yep. her producer. Mm-hmm. Um, they said someone in her life came... Um, died by suicide but mm-hmm. obviously they committed suicide or killed themselves whatever they said however they said it they yeah. said it very in a very blunt way like this person in your life killed themselves and this person left yeah. you or your mom or whatever i don't remember anymore specifically but it was extremely hurtful yeah and, and basically it was, said it like oh it's just uh, another one of your failings exactly. in life exactly come on exactly and i believe her Brutal. i have to i have to believe, I believe her. her too it, when when she says this is what they told me. Mm-hmm. This is what you told me crying on night one. And suddenly I look unhinged. Yeah. Like a two attached person on night one. Because exactly. That's what they were trying to. They were trying to get her to cry so that they can edit her as this pre- person, you know, that uh, the the crazy girl basically is yeah, what they're yeah. trying to say. Yeah, they got the crazy edit. You know, exactly. And uh, but anyway, to the point. Yeah. Those that if you if you watch Unreal, it'll wake you up to yeah. how this show is put yeah. together. And you know, for as dramatic as that show is, it does uh, shine a light on how exactly mm-hmm. this show works and why it needs to change. Yeah, it's because not far off. I mean, Unreal gets to the point of like actual consequences for actions. Like you ha- you do see a contestant commit suicide mm-hmm. in an episode, and it's a really tough and hard uh, sequence of episodes that followed it and and preceded it. But that is something that is legitimate in Bachelor Nation. You have former contestants and former leads who have clear mental health issues following the torture chamber that is this show. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it doesn't need to be. Yeah. People doesn't who need have to straight be. up said that they felt suicidal after the show, after yeah. the show aired. Um, I don't know if 
only after it aired or or just after they were on it, but it doesn't matter. Um, and and by the way, you know, not to say because I mentioned that they cast people with criminal backgrounds. Yeah. Not to say that you can't have someone with a criminal background on the show because right, in real right. life you will meet people in in real life sometimes people will meet another a person will meet another person who has a criminal background right yeah they learn this in dating them non-violent offenses are fine in this case because it's a tv show yeah um and you're in charge of selecting this pool of potential partners um they should select the best of the best right that's what you that's that's the perk of finding yeah. love on a tv show yeah. which is which is the point we made in, in starting this podcast is that matt should in theory have the best mm-hmm. pool of they uh, had all the time in the world of potential ever they had and, the most applications and mm-hmm. all the time more time than ever which to vet tells them. me that this racial shit was on purpose was on purpose has yeah. to have been up they're, they're they're probably thinking she's beautiful she looks sweet seems to have a great personality he's gonna fall head over mm-hmm. heels for her yeah and then this is going to come out. And the whole scandal is just more attention to our show and it's not going to hurt us because yeah. nothing ever hurts us. Right. But what I was going to say about the whole ba- um, criminal criminal Sorry. background yeah. is that, you know, you I, I'm not against there being people with a criminal background on the show, but one, it shouldn't be violent offenses or sexual assault, which is violent also. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But also it should be talked about and they should be able to open like in the in the way that ivan opened up about his brother wasn't him but he opened about how his brother fell into blah 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 and went to prison or in the case of zach Zach. i don't know that he i don't know that he had any um criminal offenses but i'm sure she has some he has some troubles with the law just in one of his maybe i think oh i think he's a dui yeah yeah i think he got got oh yeah his dad picked him up and so that's that's part of his story so the fact that he um went through that but grew grew from it and 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 came out of it and he's been sober for however many years Mm -hmm. you know that's part of his story that's and she ended up picking him in the end despite all of that or because of it or whatever yeah so you know it's not about picking perfect people no one is perfect no but don't intentionally select people that are going to harm Mm -hmm. either the lead or the or just be completely offensive like if you're going to select people like that actually make turn it actively turn it into a teachable moment for all of your viewers for for the world for everyone involved yeah I agree. You know, and and you don't even have to ridicule them in doing so. Just yeah, don't don't set someone up for failure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah, that's that's what's at the core of it. And what you know, my biggest issue with this whole thing is, it's just how intentional this whole thing is. And I'm almost mad that we're even having to talk about it because it feels like it's by design. And I feel like that bothers me even more. Chris Harrison was already on his way out, and now we. We, I say we very generously, but he's out of the way right now. And I'm just wondering, like, how much of this was by design? Because mm-hmm. you have this contestant and Rachel who had this shady past, you know, this very sus point of view from a few years ago through the lens of 2018 that you knew this was going to be a problem. Bachelor Nation finds everything. Mm-hmm. Bachelor Nation is more effective than the FBI ever has been. 
So yeah, you. I have to think that whoever was casting, uh, like you said, like the casting process takes several sit downs, several meetings, several months to select these women. You chose to put this girl in this position. Mm -hmm. You chose to put your lead in this position. Mm -hmm. You chose to put even Chris Harrison in this position. Mm -hmm. So why? You know, why? What, what was the what's the what's the long term play here? What's the end game for you as a franchise that this is the decision that you made? You made the decision to put your entire audience or a lot, a big part of your audience in this conversation. What's the end game here? Because you're not addressing it on TV. You're not addressing it on air. You're not even addressing it on social media. So what's the end game here when you knew this was going to happen? Yeah.